Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. talent and see what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. Tommy, can you hear me? Welcome, Theater Peaks, to the movie musical Shakedown. I am your host, Chris Peterson. Absolutely thrilled that you're joining us for today's podcast, where we're diving into Hugh Jackman's The Greatest Showman. This podcast, as well as all of our podcasts, are brought to you by the Onstage Blog Podcast Network at onstageblog.com. Joined with me today is going to be Miss Grace Aki, my permanent co-host, one of them, and I'm thrilled to have her on this podcast. Um, this is an interesting movie because this is a classic case of perhaps what, you know, what happens when you have grand visions and then the execution and the final result aren't necessarily what you were hoping for. Because this movie had been long in development. We know that Hugh Jackman had been trying for almost about 10 years to get this movie made. It was directed by someone who's never directed a full-length feature film before. Um, and you can see why that's an issue throughout this entire movie. There's pacing issues, there's editing issues, there's plot holes. There's just, there's a lot of issues with this movie. Does it make it a bad flick? I don't know. That's debatable. But I think the fact that it is debatable is a problem because you have a lot of pieces on hand to make this a great movie. So you've got Hugh Jackman, you've got Michelle Williams, you've got you know, Pasek and Paul doing the music. I mean, all these stars are aligning and then the execution just isn't really there. And this is an awkward podcast for me to do because I know so many people in this cast. I am Facebook friends with like half the cast of this movie, not Hugh Jackman. Um, And so it's very awkward to talk about a movie at great length and also, you know, critiquing it and criticizing it when you know a lot of people in it. So, um, but that's my job. That's, that's, that's the job of this podcast. So I promise we're going to be nice. We're not going to be mean, but at the same time, we're going to be honest. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Grace is going to join us, um, and we're going to break it all down. But first, as always, here's the trailer. I am not a stranger to the dark. <sighs> this is not the life I promised you. Not even close. Because we don't want your broken parts. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat I draw. P.T. Barnum, at your service. I'm putting together a show. And I need a star. Every one of us is special. And nobody is like anyone else. 
That's the point of my show. Bertie, showtime. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, as always, I am joined by Grace Aki. How are you? I'm thriving. How are you? Thrive? Oh my gosh! I, that no one's ever said like I'm thriving. I'm That's thriving. an awesome response. I gotta, I gotta use that more often. Um, yes. So I'm glad you're back. Um, like I said, for those of you who didn't listen last week, Grace is now one of my permanent co-hosts for this show because she's just amazing and knows how to break these movies down. So really We're glad you're breaking back. them down joint by joint, bit by bit, piece by piece. If I mean, will. really, just you know, frame by frame, almost. So Truly. there you go, <laughs> excellent. So this week we're talking about Greatest Showman, and um... <laughs> can you say the Greatest Showman without saying this is the Greatest Show? I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know how to do that. There's a lot of things I can't do um, with this movie, but we'll go. <laughs> we'll get into all of it. Um, Grace, okay, I got to take me back. I got to ask you because you and I. We were talking about this before we started recording. This is an awkward podcast for us because we know a lot of people in this movie. And, for sure, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those weird movies to kind of critique when you see people that you're like, oh, I love them, you know, but there's, you know, glaring flaws in this movie and things like that. But let me ask you this. When you heard that this movie was being made and, mm-hmm. you know, being brought to the screen with Hugh Jackman, any, like, general thoughts you had before you saw anything come out about it? Um, I remember the first thing I said was, oh, you mean Barnum? And then people were like, no, 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 no. It's, um, it's about P.T. Barnum. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a musical called Barnum. And then they were like, no, 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 no. This is called The Greatest Showman. And I said, oh, it sounds like you're saying it's Barnum, but it's not Barnum. I get it. Like, <laughs> so that was my first initial thought was like, but we did that. i was like i I guess we're gonna try again because the first time it didn't work necessarily i don't know literally like making a musical about ellis island and like immigration and being like oh but it's not ragtime i get it (laughs) but it's not ragtime i'm thinking about doing this prequel to wizard of oz but you know it's not (laughs) wicked we're just gonna call it something else yeah um i was i had the exact same reaction i was like i i got halfway excited because i was like oh they're bringing barnum to the screen and then i thought but why and then <laughs> um, and then i was like oh no it's a whole different thing right 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 so that was that was my initial reaction was like oh so now let me ask you this did you i i i can't confirm this at all and but i could have swore i heard that like in the development of this this was actually the first choice was not for it to actually be a musical like jack and just wanted to be a straight up like biopic Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like this was seven years in the making. And Whew. like that that's I mean, that's commitment. I even read that he and this is totally he like still talks about this, which makes me think he's he's a little salty. He turned <laughs> down James Bond for this role. He was Ooh. like, I want to be known as this, and then Daniel Craig stepped in. So he was offered James Bond and he was like, No, 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 no. I wanna be P. T. Barnum. <laughs> So, hindsight <laughs> yeah, but also like that's how much he loves this role and you got to give it to him like he that's how much he cared about telling not pt Barnum's story <laughs> uh, you know what i'm saying like he really wanted to play this part so wow yeah yeah i mean as as the casting started coming out i was like 
I mean, before I mean, the, the, keep in mind, like Michelle, I I love Michelle Williams. I'm a huge Dawson's Creek fan forever. But when I heard she was giving me this movie, I was like, wait, like she's gonna sing and dance? And of <laughs> course, like this is before Fosse Vernon and all that stuff, so we had no knowledge yeah. that she had any talent. But that was a that was an interesting casting. And then um that was pretty much it. And then like it kind of just went into production. I knew a bunch of people right. that got in cast and things like that. But uh Grace, first reaction to seeing this film the first time. Um this is good, clean fun. That was my, <laughs> that is my first reaction because I thought it's going to be too kitty. And then I was like, this is going to be weird. And like, it was, it was just good, clean fun. Like I, because I'm an actor, I obviously babysit and I have watched this movie several times uh, with children and they light up and I'm like, you know what? That's pure. Like, that's mm-hmm. so, that is so pure, even though there's like, um, I don't know, jealousy and then like interracial couples and then also like infidelity but these children are lighting up so <laughs> whatever you know I think that it's yeah that was that's my initial like just good clean fun and did your thoughts change having seen the movie now for this podcast um no I you know I think and of course we're like stepping on eggshells you know with this one kind of mm-hmm. but you know, like, I think there's parts you can enjoy. I have a friend that calls it her favorite hot garbage. And I'm like, but I'm like, why? You know, because if you really like it, is it hot garbage? Like, if if you really find a lot of value in it, because isn't that what we kind of talked about with Moulin Rouge? You could say it's hot garbage, but like, mm-hmm. we love it, so it's not. Um, no, I don't think it really changed for this. What about you? It, it was weird. The first time I I saw it, <clears throat> I remember walking out of this the theater feeling very, gosh, confused. Oh, you I, went to the theater. I went to. The, I oh. mean, this. You know, here's the thing. I, I love my wife. I love <laughs> I was about my to wife. Say, you're either a um, good husband or a good parent. <laughs> this this is you know, no no buttering up. I mean, I love my wife, and every now and then she 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 takes a pitch for me every now and then by seeing a movie that she clearly has no intention of seeing. But this was one that I was like. You know, it's musical, so I, I've got yes. an, an interest. She's got an interest. She loves Hugh Jackman. I like Hugh Jackman. Um, so it was like a good you know, type of thing. Um, and so I was like, all right, you don't really have to twist my arm to go see this movie. Now, right. Sex in the City 2, that was a twist. That was like a break of the arm. But um, They went to the Middle East. It was amazing. Continue. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I saw the first, and I walked out of the theater, and I looked at my wife, and I said, I just, I don't know what I just saw. And I feel like I feel like it was it was a movie, but I'm not sure if it was a movie. It felt weird. And then watching it back again, I'm like, yeah, I still felt the same. It was it's yeah. one of those movies that like it was perfectly even. Like the goods uh-huh. and the, the awfulness like averaged themselves out, which was very interesting. Yeah, because there's a lot of really good moments, and then there's parts where I went, what? Nah. <laughs> like I would just go. You know, well, let's let's like, start off by talking about yeah. the good. Let's start off by talking about the good. What were some of the good things that you saw out of this that you're like, oh man, I got that. That was great. I'm glad that a new generation can be obsessed with Zac Efron the way mine was when there I saw go. him in High School Musical. I think that like the fact that he was actually you know performing in this one, he did not perform in High School Musical. You know, he just like danced and didn't lip sync. You know, but. I'm glad that they had that moment. I'm, I love Zendaya. I love, love, love her. She is 
graceful in this movie. She does her own stunts. And as someone who has taken one class at the New York Trapeze School, it is a bitch and a half. So <laughs> I, I can vouch for the fact that she really committed. That was amazing. Michelle Williams, I saw her in Cabaret. And I was like, okay, yeah, like she's the bomb. There are lots of good moments of like a lot of the females in this film. Kiala Saddle, like, come on. There's, yeah. there's some bombshells in this one for sure. I, I was just happy to see Michelle Williams smile in a movie. Like I was like, she because usually doesn't. We don't deserve her smile, Chris. <laughs> I was like, deserve. wait, she's happy in this movie. Like that's so weird to me because usually she's just crying and depressed and everything I see. But um, no, that was that was really great to see her. Um, also, I loved like Schuler Hensley cameo, and Yay. you know, someone who's like a theater <laughs> nut and yeah. you know, Schuler's Schuler's a Facebook friend and like knowing his relationship with Hugh Jackman and how close they are. It was just like where he, where Hugh goes, Schuler will be there as well. And so like, I was like, Oh, Hey, there he is. Um, That was really good uh, as well. Like I said, theater people are all over this movie. Like that's, that's the cool thing. Like when you're seeing a movie musical done with people occupied by people that know what they're doing in terms of singing and dancing, like that's like, even Eric Anderson. Like, yeah. was just in Waitress, then he does that, and then he goes right into Pretty Woman. Like, that's mm-hmm. great, you know? Yeah. And, and he's a very character actor, like, that makes my heart excited when I'm like, oh, you're booking work. Like, it's just us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just cool, so, yeah. Another, I mean, sure. Tim Hughes, the, another guy that I know pretty well, like, he goes from Frozen, he plays the big, strong guy in this, and then he gets Hadestown right after that. So he's like, boom, boom, boom. So, I mean, he's <sighs> doing good stuff all over. All right, well, let's talk about Let's talk about the not so good. Like, what were some of these like things that you're just like, ooh, that that didn't work, that didn't work, things like that. Okay, okay. I think I speak for every single person, including the people that were probably involved in this film, when I say Rebecca Ferguson cannot sing was dubbed by an incredible opera singer. Incredible. But she is regarded. The character in the movie is regarded as. And the most preeminent alto, for, that is a second soprano song, ma'am, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, it doesn't show her, it, it is not enough. It is never enough. That song is never enough. Like, it could have been just a different song. And I think, personally, what if, uh, like, that had actually been Anne Hathaway? Because she was offered the role first. Mm. Like, if that had been Anne Hathaway, would it have been a, a different performance? Or... And I'm just saying this because mm-hmm, Betsy Wolf in that role, hello. Can you imagine? That's a real alto that can really belt it, and she would have given enough. Or yeah. or more. Or more. Rebecca Ferguson's casting, and I'm glad you brought this up because it it's one of those things I was confused about. I remember walking out of the theater saying, Why is Rebecca Ferguson in this movie? Um, because she yeah, she's the only person dubbed in the entire cast. The yeah. only person. And it's it doesn't make sense when the role is someone who's supposed to have an incredible voice. And, I mean, not for nothing, but the arc of the character, the scenes that she's in. I mean, Rebecca Ferguson is a great actress, don't get me wrong. But you don't right. need someone like that to do that role. I mean, any, like Betsy Wolf would have been incredible in that. Audra so, McDonald. Can you imagine? Audra McDonald. Oh, my God. And then Will Swenson playing P.T.'s dad. Hello, what a family moment. I was kind of Sorry. waiting for his song, and I was like, oh, he's, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. I love when people are incredible 
like singers and they're in a musical or something where they would sing, but then they, they don't sing. And then you're like, but you wasted him. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what? Reminds like we're me. We're talking about with Mindhunter. Why is yes. Michael Cyrus oh. and Jonathan Groff, why are they not singing? <laughs> I'm still on it. I was anyway. so waiting for that moment to happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, yeah. Another couple of things that I had, I don't know how you feel about this, but okay. I have an issue with contemporary modern music in period shows. Oh, like, okay. Like there's not a single song in this show, Correct. this movie that matches the time period that they're actually in. And I don't know for me, like it's, Fair. it's a little distracting. I mean, I get it, but I don't. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just would, I, I just feel like they're sometimes with period shows. I just need that period stuff. But, but then I look at like, your reaction to Moulin Rouge mm. and it was maybe it was just because it was a different time in your life. You were like, this is my like, these are the songs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So I just wonder if maybe it just depends on what it is, because if they had been songs from our generation right now, would we have mm -hmm. enjoyed it? Or was it that it was new songs original to this piece and it was bizarre that they were upbeat? you know right right yeah no it's a good point i mean i think for for me like with moulin rouge it was more like it was so over the top with its song selection of like mm -hmm. just throwing a, a mishmash of just pop culture into there um that you're just like okay and then when they did an original song i was like wait what is this original song right. um but right, yeah right. So for some reason like right off the bat when you're hearing like certain like you know instruments being used like synthesizers and like stuff like that, i'm just like oh i don't know if it worked but that was just me also, one thing I wanted to ask you was, one thing I tried to pay attention to in the rewatch was the actual lyrics itself. And I, I have a conspiracy theory when it comes to The Greatest Showman. And okay. it is that, it is with the exception of the, the song between Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman in the bar, that mm -hmm. they didn't write a single song specifically for this mu musical. For this, yeah. And, and that's the thing is that I think, I, I, truly, I think that Pasek and Paul, because they're amazing and, and they're amazing. so freaking talented especially like regard i guess regardless of their age but especially for their age to me like they're just they're killing the game and this project kind of came in the middle of their other projects so i don't like of course you're gonna like hey let's you know reuse this song because it didn't work for this other piece like we can use it because it fits this i i totally get that as like can you imagine being that busy of like an artist what have you to be like Right. Um, we don't have time to write a song for this and this wasn't used for this. So we might as well use it for this other project. I get that, but I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, just from like, just from a musical, just, you know, theater standpoint, I was right. just waiting for that one song to actually talk about the plot of the movie. And it was just all very generic. Like I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm inspired. Like this is me. And it's like, right. I'm just like, wow, nothing's really relating to the plot here. Um, but yeah, right. so I, I, I'm glad you caught that as well. Um, also, okay. Hot take, hot take. How do I put this? The pacing of this movie is all over the place, especially in the beginning. Uh, uh -huh, and uh -huh. I'm gonna make an I'm gonna make the argument that you don't need any stuff for the kids at all. Like in that entire, you can cut that entire sequence. <gasps> the young love. Like the young love. Well, your heart is black, and you have. A I know. Soul and <laughs> I okay, that is very very valid. The I will take. say that I get the goosiest of goosebumps when I sing a million things. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm like, oh, they fell in love. Like it is a great so song. Stupid, but no, I I get what you're saying. Like they didn't need that. Um, yeah, I mean, there you're right. There is the the pacing is all over the place. Perhaps because the director had never directed a film before. Music video director, isn't he? He was a, a FX supervisor, okay. I think, at one point. And then he and Jackman became friends uh, through something else, some other project, and they decided they wanted to work together. Um, but, yeah, so someone that doesn't do musicals at all and then someone that doesn't do films at all, it's like, could we have gotten Kenny Ortega on this? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. It just felt like I was watching this, and, and really the whole movie, too, I was like, I don't know if they they tr- tried to do everything they possibly could at once, and I felt like, right. man, this would actually make be really good as like a a four to five part miniseries with a couple songs each episode, and that would have been like great. Like then you can really do the childhood stuff, or or maybe the entire movie is like him coming back from the the railroad success because he he transformed from a teenager to a man right. like literally overnight. <laughs> um, yes, and like. Tell the story from that moment to the very first show of the museum. And that's the end of the movie. Cause like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Like it was yeah. weird. You know, and, and I'm just going to quickly digress in, mm. in this conversation. Um, if you don't mind, Please. Uh, but so your argument, like I agree with as far as like, you know, we want to see that journey, but I think that sometimes we actually don't because mm. for example, I saw a, like a, a 24 hour type reading of um, the new Judy Garland show that's going to paper mill playhouse about the road to Oz essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, chasing rainbows is what it's called. And it's about her life leading up to her being in the wizard of Oz. You would think that that, that is really fascinating, but what we actually do want to get to is her life doing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay. So, so, I see. so because I was watching it and I was just like, you know what? Like, I get that. And like, that seems like the story that I want to, you know, be involved in. But then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I really, I really just want to see you do the thing. So I think sometimes, yes. And sometimes we turn, it comes to find out that we're, our attention spans are shit. So there you go. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Any other general thoughts about the movie before we get into the categories? No, I think we did it. Let's do it. Let's start. Mm. Let's get. Let's dig in. All right. So, dusty room moments. Grace. Mm. Any time where you're like, oh man, I need, I need to, you know, get some tissues. I need to dust my weary eyeballs. Anytime Michelle Williams is on camera, I just. <laughs> <laughs> anytime she's on camera, I'm like, you pleasant, pleasant plum. I love you so much. And like, yeah. So anytime she's. In the film, I guess that's my embarrassing goosebumps moment. No, I have to, I have to, I have to dig into that. Why? Why? What is it about Michelle Williams? <sighs> she's magic. She's fairy power. She, um, she's just, she's perfect. Like, <laughs> um, even seeing her in Fosse Verdon now, you're like, you always had this in you. I wish you did more of this before. Maybe the work wasn't there for you, but you know, her in Cadbury, even her in like, um, Blue Valentine, like mm. she's just. Uh, stunning on camera so when I see her in this type of film where it's really magical and I'm hearing her sing and then people are seeing her in this like romantic like mom way I just think she's just she lights up the screen in a different way than Rebecca Ferguson does later in the film it's like there's I feel like they cast two people that are kind of similar in features but then they don't 
carry the movie in the same way at all. I don't know. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was weird. Like I was, I got a lot of goosebumps, like a lot of chills, like Mm -hmm. a good way. I mean, especially like, um, during songs, like I, I actually enjoyed the whole, you know, between Zac Efron and Zadaya, um, you know, all that stuff. Um, but what's interesting is that, so, so whenever I hear this is me, like, I'm like going to at least get some, a little choked up, but not because of what I'm watching in the movie. It's actually the video that I saw of their like presentation to studio execs. Did you ever see this YouTube video? Yeah. 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 Like that video. If you go on YouTube, yeah. you can see it. Just look, just look up. This is me. You'll see it. It's her. It's Kiala. It's, um, Actually, everybody, their mothers in that video, like yeah, Cynthia Revo's like in there. Full moment. Oh Jesus, yeah. Like Natalie Weiss is in there. Andrew Keegan Bolger. I mean, like all these people. Jeremy Jordan's in the room singing. <laughs> right. Like what? <laughs> what? What is happening? Right. Anyways, yes, continue. Yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> it was one of those things where I'm watching this video and like, that's like it almost feels like that's the first time they're singing that song, and it's like the, the emotions running through all of the actors' faces. Like Hugh Jackman is crying. That's what gets me. And mm-hmm. so every time I hear that song, and especially when I watch the movie, I just start thinking about that video rather than what I'm watching on screen. And that's what made me emotional, which is weird. Um, but right. other, than, other than that, I was surprised I didn't have more emotions. I don't know. I felt like this movie kind of fishes for them a little bit more. And that's why it I didn't is really react emotionally to it. manipulative in ways, like the way mm. the music swells and then like the drama of certain events, like, you know, Zach Efron not getting to hold her hand. It's like, ah, you know, you're like, <laughs> ah, can you imagine? This is a different time, you know? So I think that there's sometimes when you're like, all right, you did that. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, all right, on the flip side, how about any yeesh moments for you? All right. Um, Anytime we exhibited P.T. Barnum other than, I don't know, P.T. Barnum, like, <laughs> as not problematic. Like, it's it's literally like if you were like, let's make a movie about the Cosby show, but, like, let's not talk about that thing. Mm. It's like, well, I mean, he, he did kind of do slavery, you know? <laughs> like, let's, let's, like, maybe let's mention it. But so it's like when we paint, when we want to paint these guys as kind of more than they were, I'm like that's basically the music man, which you're doing later in the year. So chillax. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I was, I was a little, I mean, it was one of those things where I just knew a second it became a musical. I'm like, Oh, they're not going to talk about anything that he anything, did. Though. Like it <laughs> was bad. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's well documented. So yeah, it, it really is. I think that was one of the big criticisms of this movie, especially, you know, when you look at the Rotten Tomato score it was like 55%. You know, wasn't wasn't well received at all, and I think a lot of the reviews I read was because it's just the well documented abuse and con, you know con men type of behavior that he did was just com- you know completely glossed over, and yeah. uh, it just made it really inauthentic in a lot of people's eyes. And I can see that, yeah. right? But like, you could have made this movie and not called it, not named him P.T. Barnum. In my head, I think you could, and nobody, I don't think, would have cared. They would have been mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, this is a this is a fun movie about a guy with a dream." That would have been fine. Don't call yeah. him that. Yeah, so. definitely. Another yeesh moment for me was actually in the beginning when, like, um, the the kid makes the daughter charity laugh, and then he gets like slapped across the slapped. face. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and I sat there and I was like, okay, so if the slapping of the face is to then illustrate that the dad's a dick. Yeah. You could have done that in a dozen different ways. Hundred ways. 
without hitting the kid and we still would have understood that he's a dick so it's like i just love the idea that like somebody in the room was like it was a different time you would have slapped him i just (laughs) i like to like you know what i'm saying like i like to envision the boardroom during some of these decisions which probably never happened you know what i mean it's just like oh man you don't even know it's like what are you a hundred um yeah i just yeah i mean it just was if we need to establish the dad's ass then yeah, do it in so many different ways other than like hitting a kid. I mean, kids in this movie are just treated terribly, by the way. <laughs> like the daughter gets bullied. Um, you know, not for nothing, despite the fact that she's living in a mansion and you know, yeah, for real. you know, still it's like, oh, oh someone saw like peanuts. Like that's a okay, like that's 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 a line too far. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, just little things like that. But anyway, um all right, let's get into some lingering questions uh, about this movie. Sometimes the um you know, all of our questions aren't answered, all the mysteries aren't solved, things like that. So, Grace, any lingering questions you had about The Greatest Showman? I think they answered them all. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to be honest with you. I have no <laughs> lingering questions. <laughs> Not this time. What Did you have any? So there were a couple of things. Um, oh, good, good. Okay. So there, there's that scene early on when after the kid gets slapped and they, you know, run up, you know, he leaves, he's sitting on the beach and Charity comes up behind him and says, Right. I thought you'd be here. How does she? How does she know he's at the beach? Because if you look at where their house is located, they don't live on the beach. It's not like he ran out of the house and went to the backyard and he's just sitting there in plain view. She must have had traveled across Long Island to get to the beach. Um, but I'm like, you don't. We don't know their relationship before that moment. So I don't True. know if they're friends before that. I, they, the way the movie portrays it, it, almost looks like they're meeting for the first time at that moment. I at don't know. The, yeah. Yeah, so it was just it was one of those weird things where I was like, how did she know he was go to the beach like immediately? Movie magic. <laughs> Movie magic. All right, so that was that was the first one. Yeah. Um, another way, Link, question we actually already asked was like Rebecca Ferguson was the only cast member that was dubbed. Why? Right. Okay. Um, the last question is: Is this a good movie? Like that was like, the lingering question I walked out with. I was like, I, I still don't know. I yeah, I think that that's a question I'll ask my kids. There you, know? you go. There's the yeah. mystery. Um, all right. So before we start rating the the singing, the dance, the dancing, and stuff like that, um, I always like to kind of um, look up some casting what ifs, if you will, and just kind of yeah. ponder: Would this movie have been better if someone else was cast? Now, you, it sounds like you found a couple. Well, I I think we kind of talked about them before a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Anne Hathaway as is her name Jenny. Jenny, Jenny, um, as Rebecca Ferguson's character, could have been anybody, um, mm-hmm. but Anne Hathaway, I feel like, could have fit it a, probably a little bit better. She definitely would have been singing live, um, and I think she actually is technically an alto, so that would have worked as well. Yeah. Um, I think about, you know, have you seen the video of Jeremy Jordan and Hugh Jackman doing this? No. So that's the bizarre thing. They kind of had to go with, Zach, besides the fact that he's Zach Efron, but also because he the the age difference is is better with Hugh and um, Zach rather than Jeremy and Hugh. Gotcha. But I think that also Jeremy would have killed it and then also maybe might have been a really good PT Barnum instead. You know what I'm saying? Like I think mm-hmm. that he he fit both and in that way he couldn't be in it at all. Right. So that's a good that's, point. Yeah, that is a good point. The only other casting, like, what if I found, uh, was at one point for for Jenny uh, or Janae, um, 
uh, Ellen Page was considered, which made me sit back and say, wait, Ellen Page? Like, Juno? Aww, that's like, bizarre. It would have been very bizarre if she was in that, that role. I would not have understood it. I don't know. She's beautiful. One time beautiful. she was very polite in front of me at a Starbucks in Soho, and I thought, yeah, you're cool. But I don't I don't see her in that movie at all. So No. No. Yeah, so I'm glad. I guess yeah, I'm glad that Rebecca Ferguson had the role then. I guess I, uh, rather than Ellen Page. Yeah. Who knows? There you go. <laughs> knows? All right. Well, let's get into singing, acting, dancing, and design, and, and rate these uh, categories one through ten, and give some reasons why. So, Grace, I'm gonna start with you. Singing one through ten, and why? I think we have to give it an eight because of the fact that we're like so half and half like you and I have just said like there's people that I'm like operating on all cylinders gorgeous you're you're trying you're killing it and then there's like you you can mm, nah I'm fine I'm fine right. though and and also like to me sometimes like with a lot of um either shows or like movies when there's an album and then there's a celebrity album I go hmm like, if I can hear Kelly Clarkson nailing a song better than the film, I'm kind of like, what? Um, this is not the case for Hamilton. Hamilton had a mixtape. Let's not drag Hamilton into this. <laughs> but, you know, what I mean, like, so it's different. But that's kind of how I feel at some point. Like, can you imagine Kelly Clarkson singing? I mean, like, whatever. Anyways. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think the singing, it, it was one of those musicals where I almost expected it to be better in certain yeah. ways and I, I felt weird saying that out loud and i was like huh okay like and, and also it didn't help that okay so there's lame is where everybody's like singing live okay i get that and right that, you know you get some hits and you get some misses with something like that then there's this movie and just the way that they dubbed it yeah it just some it looked really weird at certain points um especially early on when like during the, the duet and michelle williams is singing and stuff like that there were just moments i was like oh that kind of looked really fake it's just like yeah just very, it's you know, like, it was weird it's a very and i i say this with as much love in my heart as possible it's like a disney channel original movie Mm, that's a good Do you point. know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's the level of dubbage that I felt like it was. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of how it is. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, how about the dancing in this movie? I think it was like a six. That's what yeah. I, I I kind of logged it at a six because it's mainly the group numbers, which are just like uh, and if you can't see me, which you can't because it's a podcast, um, I'm just waving my hands above my head and doing a tap number. So that's <laughs> that's kind of where I felt like it was. It's kind of a six. Again, it was one of those things. I, I'm right there with you. Actually, I gave it a five because, again, it's just that the weird thing about just seeing 20, 2018 or 2017 choreography mm -hmm. in a turn of the century film is like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, especially during that come alive sequence when the kids are mm. dancing and I'm like, what is going on with this choreography? Where is this going? Like, it just felt really weird to me. I don't know. Yeah. It was like watching, um, what is it? Sideshow. Mm, it's like, mm -hmm. it was like the revival of Sideshow really quick. And I was like, okay, I can get behind it. But then, um, yeah, that was basically it. So side note, I love that mo that show, by the way. So really? Oh, I'm on board side, for a sideshow movie. Give me that. Give me that tomorrow. Sideshow side, side note. I was backstage at Phantom Schwantz and Norm Lewis is there and he was like, oh, 
I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine. This is Henry Krieger. And I went, what? (laughs) (laughs) I literally went, what? And then I'm not joking. I said this almost out loud. I didn't expect you to be white. I said it in my brain like a psycho (laughs) because I knew he did dream girls. And Sideshow was opening across the street, and he was like, yeah, I met him doing Sideshow. I'm like, yeah, no, I know where you met him, obviously. But he was so nice, and I just felt like, wow. And then the revival was really, really great. I'm glad there you like Sideshow. You can't, you can't not talk about Greatest Showman and not mention Sideshow. I'm you just going to make really that a rule. Can't. I'm going to make that a rule from now on. So We had to bring it up. I'm glad we did. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. How about the acting in this movie? What would you think? Um. I thought it was what was expected of it. Do you think it was, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. it was nothing more than what it needed to be. I didn't think that I was like, wow, you know what? Hugh deserves an Oscar nod for this one. Like, no, but it also didn't warrant it. It didn't warrant one. So what yeah. do you think? I, I kind of, midway through this movie, I kind of felt bad for, for Hugh Jackman. And I, I, I was like, man, like this is his passion project since 2000, mm. you know, for several years. In his head, I'm sure he had this like, grand illusion of what a pg barnum biopic would look like and this i think this just fell short in everything and um the acting in it i i gave it a seven because it just everything i felt lacked direction and that's probably because you didn't have a director directing it like you don't have someone who really can dig into the acting it just felt very like i'm happy so i'm smiling and happy and i'm sad and i'm gonna brood and things like that and it just there was never I just ha- yeah. I, I was looking for nuance in this entire movie and I just never really found it. Yeah, it's it's very surface level, but mm-hmm. and then sometimes I'm like, well, I don't think that they really wanted to give you anything more than that, but I was looking for it. Like we are looking for it in this piece, but I don't think that it was necessary. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. How about the design? What do you think of that? The design is pretty. I mean, I love like that. And they use some of the Barnum costumes like that they currently use in circus wear. So it's not like they mm. tried to reinvent the wheel on this. They were like, well, this is what they're wearing right now. And this is what we've been wearing for 100 plus years. Um, so I kind of liked that. I thought the design was like simple, but then like it was elegant when it needed to be. Mm-hmm. I thought costume wise, yet again, I'm going to drag her. Rebecca Ferguson's dress when she sings <laughs> Never Enough lame 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 it could have been crazy good i mean come on think about like lady gaga like think about like give us a moment if we're gonna like suspend reality that the girl's hair can be pink come on right (laughs) right let's let's give some excitement and drama to certain things um so yeah i thought it was it was lovely it was not boz it was not boz it could have been boz but it could have been now if i if i said to you like greatest showman with Baz Luhrmann as a director, are you like on board 100% with something like that? If we replace Hugh, yes. Oh, okay. Hot take. I like it. I like it. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So let's get into the musical numbers. Now, in this section, we always like to do like numbers that we needed, but that's typically only applicable for adaptations. So not applicable here. Mm-hmm. But numbers that we could do without. Would you cut anything out of this movie? Never enough. I'm going to say. Someone's going to be listening to this and be like, I don't think she liked that part. Um, <laughs> Tell I me think, how you really feel. To, right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> no, I just like, I would have liked a different song. And then, um, yeah, I just think that that's one of the ones that I just kind of skip that I hope doesn't get played at parties when it's on <laughs> shuffle at Kara's house. Because that one time, anyways. Yeah, I, I actually wrote down the exact same song. I was like, never enough needs to go. Um, 
And I just, it's, it's just a bad song. It's just a bad pop song. And I remember <laughs> sadly, because it was in this movie, of course, like when I went, when I did BFA auditions last year, this was like one of the darlings for I was going to say, you can always, when you see a movie like this, when it's like just right there, you, I love to watch a movie and go, okay, so I'm going to hear four girls sing that next summer. And I'm going to hear yep. three guys sing this song. So was this the song? And yes, this was the song. And I made the same, like I'm, I'm usually pretty, I got a pretty good audition poker face when I'm behind the <laughs> table, like I'm, in terms of not reacting poorly to song Fair. selection so Fair. i literally just kind of i'm just kind of do it in front of my face i just put my fists like clenched my fists over my mouth like this and bit bit down on my index finger as hard as i possibly could without drawing blood because it's just I, that's that song just never works and there's no cut of it that you can make to make it work either and and to to their credit these actresses they tried but it just you can't it's just not a it's not a great song for that yeah so. it yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah. It is. Their it intentions is. are good because you want to pick something new. Right. You know, they want they don't want to recycle Legally Blonde, but at the same time, like, dang it. Yeah. 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 All right, numbers that you're going to fast forward to. Anything that you're like, okay, if I have to sit down and watch five minutes of the movie, what am I going to? <sighs> I know this is so embarrassing, but literally within the first 20 minutes, <laughs> A Million Dreams starts playing. I'm like, I don't even know what the kids are saying. And I'm like, A Million Dreams. Like, I don't know why. It just gets stuck in my head. It's so stupid and so silly, but I just really like it. I don't know. Um, the, what well, about I mean, you? I mean, that's a tough choice. <laughs> I mean, I'm, the one that what's the what's the name of the song that Zach and Hugh do in the bar? Oh gosh, what is the name of that song? It's such a good number. Like they just have so much fun with it. Um, You're right. I need to. I'm like gonna find the track listings. Um, but yeah, so I think that that one's super fun. Um, and then the one that they sing while they're doing the trapeze, rewrite the stars, is such yes. a bop. It's such mm -hmm. a bop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, time out. Uh, not time out from the podcast, just, you know, time out. <laughs> I'm of a different generation. Um, you have to define Bob for me. What is Bob? A Bob? I know Banger, Banger, I know, but Bob, what is Bob? Bob is a, it's a subcategory of Banger. And Bob, <laughs> okay. is, <laughs> Bob is one of those where you can go like, okay, exterior from the film, I'm in the car, the, the iPod, if you will, suspend mm -hmm. your reality, is on shuffle and rewrite the stars comes on and you're like, I'm just going to fist okay. bump and bob my head along. It's always going to get me in a good mood. I think that Rewrite the Stars is the bop of the movie. There you go. I might, we might have to like retitle these categories. Uh, instead of like <laughs> number that you're going to fast forward to, what is the it's bop? bop? What's, What's the, bo the bop? I mean, I, I'm a, is there, I mean, I'm a, I, I have no problem doing it because you're the official co-host. So we can change it. But Let's do it. Is there a turn? I'm asking you for your generation here. Uh, like I'm 20, 30 years older than you are. Um, like come on now. Yeah. Um, numbers that we could do without. Is there like a, a definition for a song that's terrible? I'm like gonna the, I'm gonna like do some pob. recon and we <laughs> like a pop. It's a plop, like the it's Office, <laughs> season eight. It's a, a plop. plop. Yeah. I, I saw him at Ripley Grew, by the way. The guy who plays Kevin. I saw him at a thing the other day. That is bizarre. He must be in the atmosphere. <laughs> he must be. I was That's like, what are you so doing, funny. Ripley Greer? 
Or do you sing plop? Oh my god! I mean, I don't do you know. Sing plop? I literally—it was at um, I was at the uh, David Crosby documentary, and he was there, and I was like, first of all, are you a fan of David Crosby? Second of all, what are you doing here, plop? Shouldn't you be doing Fosse Verdon season ten? <laughs> Whatever. I got to get, get a hold of that guy. We'll, we'll, we'll we got to know him. So we'll, we'll, folks, we're going to rename that cat, these categories, numbers that you're fast-forwarding, because <laughs> I like, I, honestly, what's the bop of the movie? I, I like that. And then we'll find, I mean, maybe it's plop. I don't know. We'll find. <laughs> what's the plop? We'll, what's the plop? We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Gonna hate For us. me, okay. um, the, the number that I'm going to fast-forward to, um, ugh. yeah, I'm probably going to go to This Is Me. I was about to say, talk. you got to yeah. say This Is Me. She's um, amazing, though. We're not gonna like. She's amazing. Yeah. She's incredible. It's incredible. And actually, I was just at the I was at the Nassau Coliseum yesterday doing an event, and I just saw on the like the marquee that I guess Hugh Jackman's coming to the Nassau Coliseum as part of his tour, and mm-hmm. Keala's gonna Keala's gonna be a special guest, so she's gonna. Oh, be there. that's very like, cool. I was like, that's cool. Good for that's good for her. I mean, I like I met that. Her, yeah, I met her a couple of times. She's the salt of the earth. Like, mm-hmm. all good things for her. Um, all right, so let's give out some awards. So we have okay. an award called the Julia Award, which we typically give out to who we feel is the best singer in this movie. So, Grace, who gets your Julie for this? I think because it finally made her, like, a household, maybe not name, but definitely face was Kiala Settle. Because mm-hmm. her performance on the Oscar, like, she's just bringing it. She's, she, and she... She does every single time. She sings it like she does on the soundtrack, which you don't get all the time. I think I have to give her my Julie Award. I, I was the same way, and actually, I really what was weird was like I was trying to give it. I was trying to look at it from anybody else. I was like, okay, right. Kale is like my default because like, she's amazing and like mm-hmm. you know she's gonna get this award. But is there a case for anybody else? And there really, there really wasn't. And um, that's just you know yeah. a credit to her, which I think is awesome. All right, on the flip side, who gets your Russell Crowe for this? I had to give um, the Russell Crowe Award to his former co-star, Hugh Jackman, because I think that he could have sounded better. I don't think that, like, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. I'm never going to say that he's a bad singer by any means, but I don't think that he's Jeremy Jordan. I don't think that he, even like, who, who, Matthew Morrison, like, even that level, like, couldn't you have seen him doing this? Of course you did, because you saw Finding Neverland. Um, but that's, you know, I, I don't know. I think that he was oh, he was decent and okay with the people that he was around. See, the thing with, with Jackman, and I've always felt like, I think his voice is just suited for, for classical musical theater. Like, he was great in Oklahoma. That's um, what I was, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm sure he's going to be fine in The Music Man. Um the all white version of the music man. That's a that's a, another gripe I have. But uh, um, yeah, man, that 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 cast is starting to look like bright bright. He's a uh, white bright man. Star. He's a what? He's a what? He's a white man. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. I mean, we're in Iowa, so I guess I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I I am right there with you. But I gave I gave my bullet to the young boy who played P.T. Dorm in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, right. So the the little boy in the beginning of this movie. He gets my Russell Crowe because oh, I'm sorry, no, not my bumblet. He gets my Russell Crowe. Russell so the Crow. little, the little, yeah. little boy in the beginning. The reason being is that this kid does, and he's he's got a fine voice. Don't get me wrong, but he does something that, that really annoys me about this like generation of of youngsters uh, coming up. He does this it. like weird thing with his voice where it sounds like he's almost like 
whining in a way. It's like that, that short, breathy, I can't even describe it, but it's kind of like a It's like this like oh, weird, wow. this weird, this really weird sound. And I heard it a couple times. I'm like, oh no, like you're doing that, that breathy thing, thing that all these, these. We need to pinpoint who started it. Cause sometimes I'll like see musical theater people now and I'm like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? And then I'll like go back to some performance of like Aaron Tivate and he'll do like some tiny thing and a wicked, yeah. you know, thing. And then people are like, oh, I'm going to do that thing. And I'm like, somebody no, asked you me, can't do it. Somebody asked me like, can you, can you give me an example of the, the personification of that sound? And I'm like, Zoe Dashnell, like that, the way she sings drives me nuts. And I'm hearing it more and more and more from young singers. And it's like this, like, stop it. Just stop it. Well, cause it's, it's not it. actual singing. It's no, like, it's cheating. It's, it, yeah, right, right, right. You know, it's it the Rex like Harrison of our time. <laughs> That's a good point. There you go. There you go. All right. So, bumlet award for the extra background person, secondary character that just takes your breath away that you can't stop thinking about after you see, saw them. Dude, I'm the... gonna sound so lame. I'm gonna sound so lame because I put Callus Saddle again because, um, hello, like hands on a hard body to this. Like, <laughs> what a trajectory, man. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that there were lots of like little standouts here and there. What did you feel? For me, I gave it to the bartender during that, that <laughs> scene between, cause okay. So the, the guy, I, I can't, I couldn't nail down who the, who the person actually was. Cause okay. there's bartender one and there's bartender number two in the cast. Right. List. But he's the guy when they make the deal, he's the one in the middle doing this, like, yeah, um, you know, things like that. And mm -hmm. his face is amazing during that. Because at one point, Zac Efron gives him probably like a $20 bill at that time. And the yeah. guy looks at it. He's like, oh, man, a $20 bill. Mm -mm. And then like, like, it's just he's doing stuff in the background that like. <laughs> right. Right. Like, it's just it's great. So it's like you did more than was expected. And we appreciate right. your heart. And work. I pre exactly. I appreciate it, man. So he's going to get my bumlet award uh, for that one on, on that end. All right, Grace, I have one last question for you. Should this get a remake? No, no, we're good. I mean, we did it. You know, I mean, I feel like this was a modern remake adaptation of not really, but of Barnum. And I think that we're done. I think I think they did it. I, th I don't think that that's like, you know, negative or positive in any, you know, whatever. But I think that I think we're good. I don't. Yeah. I don't like they talk about the stage show. Right. Mm. And I'm like, do we have well, to? I don't think nope. you need to. I don't I, I don't think you need to. Um, it just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it as a stage show. I really don't for what, for what it really needs to be. I mean, I know we're seeing a lot of spectacle with Moulin Rouge and stuff like that, but like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, there's nothing compelling. There's no compelling reason for me to go see that show. <laughs> like, I think the only reason people would go is if it were Hugh, because right. Hugh is a huge draw. And I think that people want to see Hugh do whatever the crap he wants to do. And that's what he's going to do with Music Man. So if you do the stage version of The Greatest Showman featuring, and I'm just putting this out into the atmosphere, Leslie Odom Jr., because he would have been amazing and could do it and should do it. Um, also, he can play like you love him and then you hate him at the mm -hmm. same time so well. Um, yeah, I don't see anybody wanting to hear these songs again unless somebody's in it from the film. Right, exactly. I mean, I, interestingly enough, you could do a stage show and just like bring the entire cast into the the show itself because they're all Broadway actors anyway. <laughs> right. So, like, right. Why right. not? Why not?
Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm 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 good. We had two we had two musicals about PT Barnum. I'm fine. I'm I'm yeah. I'm sold. I'm done. So yeah. there you go. Um, all right. Well, that's gonna wrap us up this week. Wow, that was a that was a quick one, which is awesome. It's quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think cutting it's a right lot to the of point. fun. I think that everybody should watch it because like when when I see children watch it and wanna dance and sing, I think that that's always a win. I know I'm mm-hmm. like even, you know, good, bad, however you feel about any of this. If a kid wants to sing after seeing something, if a kid wants to perform, if a boy wants to perform, if a boy wants to dance after a movie, I'm sold. I'm like, you know what? Fine. Keep it playing because I I want this to continue and the creativity. And yeah. Heck yes. Great way to end. Great way to end. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Grace, real quick, where can people find you? Do you have anything to plug online? Anything coming up that you want to talk about? (sighs) I have the Gotham Storytelling Festival, November 5th. That's one performance only. Mm. You heard it because it's New York City, baby. And um, But you can find all of my other goodies on YouTube. I hosted The Gray Show. That was my YouTube channel. Um, or Instagram. I post way too much about my cat. So if you love cats, go to my page. Um, Gracie Aki, G-R-A-C-I-E, or Grace Aki-chan. Yeah, Gracie Aki, G-R-A-C-I-E-A-K-I. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. I can't even talk. Uh, <laughs> where we have over 12, I think, podcasts right now firing on all cylinders, which is awesome. Um, yep. And we got some brand new ones that are coming, including one called Are Your Parents Proud of You? Which is a really <laughs> harsh title, but um, yeah. yeah. Are they when going it, to my therapy session? <laughs> it was really on? like <clears throat> I was like, wait, that's that's the name of the podcast. You're like, yeah, you know, we're gonna talk about the arts and like how parents sometimes they have that stigma of like you know being cautious about children going to the arts. So that's really what the main thing's gonna be about. I'm like, oh man, okay, it's gonna make okay. me really think about myself as a you know theater person. So introspective, there, yeah, there you should go. be interesting. So definitely check those out. And of course, this podcast can be heard not only on Spotify, but also Apple iTunes. Tune in the whole nine yards as well. All right, folks, we'll see you next time right here on the Movie Musical Shakedown.